The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Uh, once again, my name is Pierce. I've got my usual host with me, Caroline. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. And we've got a, a very exciting special guest, uh, one of the few return guests to the, yeah. uh, the podcast uh, from the ringer.com and One Shining Pod, among other things. Uh, if you're listening to us, you probably know Tate Frazier. And uh, welcome back, Tate, uh, to the uh, podcast. I'm very excited to be here, guys. I was just, uh, we just found out Caroline is recording her car. I'm recording at my house. <laughs> there, are, there are children jumping on a trampoline right behind me. I'm watching all the NBA trade, trade deadline stuff that's going on. I don't have to record today, so I wanted to record with you guys. And, yes. of course, Virginia, Virginia plays Duke on Saturday, and then you guys play Carolina, so there's a lot to talk about. So I'm very yeah. happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we appreciate it. We're, we're so glad we didn't scare you off uh, the first time you, you came over. <laughs> Ronald Curry attacks and uh, <laughs> other, other old school ACC notes. But yeah, plenty to talk about for sure. I think uh, UVA fans uh, are, are big fans of, of the One Shining podcast because you guys take such a an unusually pro-UVA uh, defense, I think, sometimes. And, and uh, we might be one of the more sensitive and defensive fan bases out there to all the the pacist uh, rhetoric. And, no, never. You know. Uh, but this week in particular, I think, has been a lot of gnashing of teeth, a lot of hand-wringing from UVA fans, because uh, there, there's been a lot of things uh, making us panic about the overtime game against State and the maybe less than impressive win uh, against the underhanded Miami game. Uh, Tate, what, what are your feelings with, with UVA this week, having a week off before this crazy, competitive, huge weekend of games against Duke and Carolina? First off, we can endear ourselves by saying that we do like to suck up to uh, all the Virginia fans because as someone who uh, was in the ACC and saw the rise of Tony Bennett, I appreciated everything he was doing. I remember Tony when he was back, you know, in his Hornets days. So there was yeah. an affinity for Tony Bennett. Mark Titus also was a guy that fell in the same uh, sort of vein as myself. And he said to me, you know, look, we got to defend defense at all costs. And that's what we've been doing. We've been trying to defend defense. We appreciate the pack line. I love the line paces. I think pacism <laughs> is at a premium these days. I think everyone is having a paces problem. Uh, they're putting it in our faces. They're trying to tell us how we should play. I like what Chris Beard's doing. Uh, mm-hmm. He's sort of mimicking what, you know, Tony's doing there, which is, look, we're, we're going to control possessions. And as a man who believes in four corners and believes in basketball without a shot clock, because as we all learned, as, as we all learned that in 1978, Maryland scored 124 points on NC State without a shot clock and without a three-point line. So you know that uh, things can happen with certain pace and any sort of capacity. So 
that that's where we're at in the world. And you talked, and we, you know, you brought up the NC State game because uh, that was a game that I, I watched that from start to finish. I had the flu at the time, so it was uh, it was one of those games where it almost felt surreal. And I mean that, that, that I couldn't. <laughs> it was a fever dream. I could not believe what I was seeing from. I mean, Kyle Guy. I mean, when I see a Kyle Guy airball, I mean, I feel like an angel loses its wings yeah. uh, <laughs> right when that happens. And you know, Ty Jerome couldn't you know really find a shot. He did have the big pass to Kyle Guy in overtime. I think he'd make it like sixty four, sixty one, something like that. Yeah, uh, he had like a big three there. So that was that was a big moment where I was like, okay. Our guys are back. They can lock in. But they, they muddied the water and played an NC State kind of basketball game. And then against Miami, you obviously don't have Ty because Ty's dealing with, you know, back problems. And, you know, prayers up to Ty Jerome because I know how he feels. It's a, it's a tough place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping for speedy recovery for Jerome. But <laughs> you don't have him out there. So that changes a little bit of juice on your team without Ty, I believe. Um, and I, I don't think it's time to panic. I don't think that – you know, the, the pace is, will ever be a problem for you guys. I think you guys have it all figured out. But the only problem is you played a team against NC State that they played with you guys. Because NC State, yep. before – after that game, they have been – I don't even know. I, I guess they've been in a funk since that game against you guys. Um, after kind of blowing it with Markel with a three-point foul and Hunter fouling him on that call. Yep. And, of course, Jamie Lucky's involved. We all know how that is <laughs> in the NC. But uh, – I, I, I just think that they're in a weird fog now, but they played probably their best game just making you guys play the, the, as, as porous as possible, as I would say, with all the talent you guys have. Yeah, Caroline, you're usually the, the optimist on the podcast, so I, I can assume you're not too distressed following these games. Um, there's a, a little, I mean, the biggest thing, like Tate said, is like, where's Ty at at this point in – I think Saturday gets extremely tough if Ty is not, you know, ready to go. I think he's the kind of guy that you'd have to like literally tie him to the bench to not play against Duke. Um, <laughs> yeah, tie but, tie. yeah, yeah, you got it. But I think, you know, there's people that are leaking pictures from Snapchat of Ty, you know, in practice garb and playing and, and not to, not to knock Miami. I, I think that they have some really talented players, but they only have like three of them and they need mm-hmm. five to play basketball. <laughs> Um, and I mean, not just three talented players, but three total. Um, just, <laughs> yeah, yes. We like, missed Dewan Hernandez. Bring back Dewan. <laughs> yeah, Dewan and the injuries. It's like four dudes in a ham sandwich is their starting lineup. So uh, that said, like, maybe there was some, okay, we have some extra time to rest tie. Sure. That if there's a game that they could probably make Kihei test out his sea legs a little bit more, it's, it's a game like that. Um, and so there are some concerns. The turnovers are just annoying because we know that they yeah. can play games without doing that. They did it against Notre Dame, they had two, and then the next game they come out, they have 16, then they have 14, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> um, some of it is from trying to be more aggressive on offense, and I don't hate those as mm-hmm. much as I do, like, just passing to nobody. Like, if you're going for an alley-oop, like, I'm less mad at that than if you're just miscommunicating and throwing it out of bounds. But at the same time, like fewer offensive charges, please. Uh, let's not travel. Maybe don't make Mamadi. Yeah. Maybe don't make Mamadi bring the ball up and have him get stuck <laughs> with a 10 second call at state. Like that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, what the hell just, was that Mamadi? How did he have the ball yeah. in the backcourt? Um, so I think those are things that are fixable. And it's just, I'd like to see, I'm not buying into this, like, Kyle's in a slump because, you know, some fans are like, I'm worried about this game and a half. He hasn't been able to shoot. 
every time he puts it up, I still think it's going in. So I'm not mm-hmm. that, I'm not quite freaking out yet, but I don't know. I have, I do have a, a bad, I got a bad feeling about this game on Saturday. Maybe it's just my nerves catching up, but. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe I've watched too much Duke lately. I don't know. <laughs> How could you not? Every time <laughs> you just go to ESPN, then you just get to watch Duke. That's pretty much what it is at this point. <laughs> I will say, I, I have to ask both of you guys, how did you feel about the, the promo that they did for the lead into this game where it's, you know, <laughs> you know the it, the Dukies go for the sweep and it's like it's yeah. Duke is like Team USA going yeah. to play the Russians. I don't uh, think that's know, what I was going to say. Like, it looks like it's like we're the like block country. That's yeah. like, <laughs> I thought they were going to let Boston College beat them in Cameron so that they'd have the motivation that they had from that Syracuse loss before playing UVA earlier in the yeah. season. It's, I, Boston College got their one Duke win, one for five years. They got that last year. So <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to rest up. That guy, Jerome Robinson, drafted by Jerry West. So, you know, everybody, everybody's happy after that. They're, yeah. they're, they're fat and happy. Well, I think the way they're promoing Duke, you know, as they have all season, does speak a little bit to something, Tate, you guys brought up on your show. Uh, that it ties into this, like, Duke – isn't being shown as the villains this year. Like Grayson's gone. Reddick's obviously long gone. Shire, all those white guys that have been on Duke, you know, they, they, they propped up as these evil heels. And is there a little bit of that being thrown cow guys way? Yeah. Uh, what the hell? You know, it's it, it, people are saying he's the hateable guy in college basketball now, which, you know, we think is absurd because he's, he's, as nice as a puppy dog. <laughs> I, I think there's a shift just, in the narrative. Yeah, and, and he just got a puppy dog, right? I that know. was like Mark Davis was very excited that he got a dog. Uh, I, that's very like a dog people conversation. You know, if you have a dog, then you get together and you like talk about the new dog. I was like, excited. <laughs> I'm very excited for him, but I don't have one. I don't have one yet. You know, I haven't uh, back at home with my parents, so they'll, they'll talk about it. But anyways, back to what you were saying. Yes, the narrative, they're trying to flip it. They're trying to flip it on Kyle Guy. They're trying to make Kyle Guy to be the face of this, you know, boring team that everyone in the country is kind of, you know, whatever on because they lost to a 16 seed, whatever. Everyone wants to do that. We knew that coming in. That's, that's just, that's too easy almost. That's almost too on the nose. I think what's happening with Duke is Zion has become, I mean, he's a shoe in in every category. I mean, everything that they're nominated people for, like he's going to end up winning like the Julius Irving award. Or, you know, <laughs> he's going to end up winning, you know, the Jerry West award for best shooting guard, even though he's not even a shooting guard, you know what I mean? They're yeah. just going to give him every award. So I don't know, I don't know how they can't promote him in such a positive light. So therefore, it's a trickle down effect to Duke. Mm-hmm. I mean, K- Coach K is wearing off whites on the sideline. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're 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 you know we're at a place where all of these schools they're almost operating from the athletic department. You know that like the the ads are telling them, look, Nike wants you to do this, and this will look good for us. This will be good yep. for the brand, and this will be good for Zion, and this will re- reflect down. And uh, you guys don't operate in that society. I mean, even Roy Williams is doing that. He's wearing, you know, like George one off white, <laughs> and he's in an, an Infinity commercial. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the world we live in in college basketball. You have to be one of those faces that are out and about. And Duke has done that. They did the ESPN show. They yeah. sort of endeared themselves to the people. And you guys, I mean, as much as everyone adored and, and respected how Tony handled the 16-1, you know, after the game, there's a lot of coaches that have been in college basketball that, I mean, imagine if Mick Cronin had lost that game. Right. You know, he would have fought every every journalist in the room. You know what I mean? It would have been SmackDown. 
<laughs> and so like the way that Tony handled that, that's sort of been the lasting effect, but people have sort of kind of, they've almost boxed Virginia in, in a certain way. Yeah. And I think the funniest thing to me is that if it, it's because people don't actually watch Virginia, they yeah. watch, they'll watch the highlights and they'll see, you know, right. Oh, Virginia's up eight with, you know, seven minutes left game over. I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to tune in, but they have Hunter who is basically, you know, if you're like Kawhi Leonard or you like, like, Siakam or one of these guys who are just OG Ananobi, one of these people. Well, DeAndre Hunter fits the bill if you want to watch just someone look supremely athletically gifted on the floor at all times. And then you have the edge of Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome, I think, is one of the most likable players, See, uh, at least in my opinion. He's, because the one, he, he, he's the one I would have bought. Yeah, right? before, if people had been like, oh, that kid's – because and I love – and whatever, they all make fun of me. These are a good group of kids regardless. <laughs> like, I love all of them. They're great. But Ty's the one that plays with the extra swag that, like, complains when he gets called for an obvious foul. Like, uh-huh. he's the one that's like, oh, I can't believe I didn't get that call or I can't believe you called that. And he's still a good dude and he's really good at basketball. I'm surprised that they pick on Kyle. I guess that's kind of why I was so surprised. Well, and someone listed Jack Salt as the least likable in reply. To that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> hold on you're gonna have to run that one by i me just again. hate screens i just feel yeah. so like someone really hates ivan drago and every time they see him they're like god damn it um but yeah the good i mean is, are we <laughs> are we are we just talking acc hateable players too like because we're no. talking national hateable players and it's got to be ethan Hab. like ethan Hab can put <laughs> yeah. himself or, or 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 brad or brad davidson like brad both those davidson guys. didn't help his cause with that trip Thing. and not trip but like looking like he seemingly like <laughs> snuck his foot under so the guy would land on it funny last night against minnesota i mean let me just say this if coach k saw that it would not be a trip like that was coach k would never deem that a trip so that's why yeah. i let it slide but also i'm a little bit biased because brad came on one shining podcast and he was so good and he was so nice and so friendly that I just can't imagine that he would do something so violent. But also, <laughs> after the game, after the game, Ethan Happ's like, you know, they're at the barn in Minnesota. And let me tell you, I was just in Minnesota. It's cold as you know what. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is like hell is frozen over 15 times and you can't get out. But, but Ethan Happ was waving his people heating up inside. <laughs> Exactly. Mark Titus will really appreciate you saying that. Uh, and, you know, he's waving to the crowd goodbye. That's what Ethan Happ is doing. And I'm Love like, what is going it. on here? Yes. Yeah. What is, what is he doing? It. Yeah. And that was what was so funny, man. I guess why I got not, maybe defensive is the right word or not. That's know, more hateable. I yeah, think like that's a lot. That's, that's more hateable. In college basketball. This was coming from like a, a Louisville beat writer. And I was like, you played <laughs> against Kentucky. Like Tyler Hero. Didn't Who was the beat writer? <laughs> It was, was it Mike, Mike Rutherford? Mark, Mark Ennis. No, Rutherford's my dude. You know, we worked together at SB Nations. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure because I was like, if it's Rutherford, I'm out. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Rutherford, I think Rutherford likes Kyle. I won't put words in his mouth, but, you know, we've talked about UBA and stuff. You just okay. you hate Kyle for how much he smiles. Like, I can't come up yeah, with Yeah, I don't understand. Other than he's, he's good, but I guess yeah. that's how that usually plays. I think that's the part of it, too, is we're as Virginia fans. Like, the fans aren't used to – the team being so good where now the point is like if the player's good people just hate him so like that's a new yeah thing. exactly for, and so that's, that's when you like, know that you're an actual top dog exactly. is when you're getting hated for no reason you know yeah. it's hate us because they ain't us mode yeah and so it's kind of like oh this is kind of cool like now we're in the oh people just hate jack salt because he is on the team that's cool i guess like we're making it big i will say this Wyatt Walker on NC State, uh, number 33, yeah. the, the big kid that comes in off the bench, he's got to be the most hateable guy in the ACC. <laughs> I mean, just, just 
<laughs> like I think we pulled the players. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if we can do that, but if we pulled the players. I'm pretty sure that's who their vote would be. It would not be Kyle Guy or Jack Sod or anyone on your team. Yeah, yeah. It would probably be Wyatt Walker on <laughs> I talked to Lauren to Brownlow. Uh, Brown, I think you know Lauren Brownlow from um, WRL. Yes. yes. She's yes. been on before. Um, she. We, we a triangle legend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we always talk about his hair because we're like, you got to commit to the tighter bun or the ponytail but this in-between thing that you got going on Wyatt it's just not working so we had like bun yeah. on, like as he tightens his hair yeah. he plays better <laughs> <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta make a definitive choice he's probably a really really nice kid I know he's from like Jacksonville Florida and I you know I think with like Providence which is a nice high school so I, I just think like by the looks of it coming off the bench he would definitely throw some tough elbows yeah. uh, but yeah. you know that's that's what you gotta do I mean that's <laughs> that's what Keith puts him in there for that so I don't blame him. NC State's a tough team, so I'm hoping that they turn things around. And I want to say this. I mean, looking at the top of the ACC, we got Duke has eight wins, Virginia has eight wins, Carolina has eight wins, yep. and then the fourth team that has eight wins, which I think is the most surprising thing in the world, Louisville, yes. has eight wins. They have, they have two losses. Uh, you know, the rest of us only have one. But uh, I've been so impressed with Chris Mack, and I always thought he was a good coach. I went to, you know, skip cross for basketball camp with him back in the day, and he was, you know, the man. Everyone loved him. And yeah. I just still can't believe that he's as good as he is. You know he's what I mean? I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a testament to him because he's a, we were talking a lot of junk in Louisville when we did our live show about <laughs> how it was going to be a down year with Al Pacino and like, you know, Chris Mack, are we sure he wanted to be there? Cause his wife's in Louisville. <laughs> so like, sometimes you just got to like bite the bullet for your wife, you know, like just making all these comments, just trying to, trying to ruffle feathers to see what would happen and no one cared. Uh, and then they came out and they've just and they, and they've just won eight games already in the ACC, so that's where they're at. It's uh, it's crazy. Oh, so that's a UVA still has to play them twice. I mean, yeah. Yes. You know, there's there's this obviously they've got this Duke game, they've got Carolina, they've got uh, Virginia Tech. Maybe without Robinson would be a, a different thing, mm. but uh, you know, there's there's still so much of the regular season left that it's nice to see. Obviously, UVA respond from the UMBC and do their usual we're going to blow through the regular season and be be excellent or be better than than even last year's squad there's still a lot even before the tournament in Charlotte to get to uh, for Virginia so hopefully if if a couple losses pop up people recognize that that's just normal in in a tough conference and not like setting up for a disaster late in the season what what Louisville is? Uh, you guys play at home against Louisville the last game of the season, and then you play at Louisville right after you play Carolina, something like that. That's yeah, right. they, it's, they some, host, yeah, it's somewhere around there. Yeah, and, Notre uh, Dame okay. and Notre Dame. So it goes Duke, Carolina, Notre Dame next Saturday, then at Virginia Tech the following Monday, and then oh, at gotcha. Louisville. So it's like yeah. that I, next. I this thought next they were at that big Monday game. Oof. Okay. Yeah, this oh, five-game stretch is tough. Still a trip to the Carrier Dome, too. So Yeah, right before the last Louisville game at home. Yeah. <laughs> a lot could go on. Buddy's been playing well. I'd watch out. Buddy in March? I don't know about that. Uh, I know, right? be, uh, he might be <laughs> so rough. He made them look real bad. Uh, Golly, that's a team. That's the thing that – and I guess we, we'll still talk about Duke and UVA matchup, whatever, but now that we're on the ACC as a whole, like <laughs> – how do you even know what to do with the ACC? I know it's like this every year, but like what team is Florida State? What team – Syracuse is its whole thing because they always just do whatever the hell they want to. But like how do you assess like 
what team you're, for a while I was wondering what Carolina team we're going to get. And I think they're finally like settling in, but like mm-hmm. you look at the top three, how do you see the top, who gets the double buys at the ACC tournament, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, the, the, the top four that are all with the eight wins, I feel like Louisville is going to slip down. Uh, and I think that it's either going to be Virginia Tech. I, I don't know why I believe in NC state, but I'm going to continue <laughs> to have to, I, I don't know. I just I I think that they are good. I don't know why they play so poorly. That Virginia Tech game, I wasn't able to watch it, but it it, it looked terrible God. from the highlights. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't out. It, it was like that. Kevin Keith knew it was going to happen, and he blocked it out here. Uh, <laughs> but they lost three in a row, so that's interesting. And then you know, like Florida State and Clemson. I mean, I think Florida State's won four in a row. Clemson's won three in a row, so they're kind of climbing up. And then. Syracuse is confusing because they have seven wins in the ACC, which they're right there, and they obviously had the big signature win against Duke. So um, I think the I just do think the the top three are the real three. So it's Virginia, Duke, UNC. I still believe Virginia is going to win the ACC regular season. Oh, right. I think UNC is going to be right in the mix right there. I think that uh, I think Duke is going to be the the team that loses a couple games. I think that they're going to lose on Saturday. Maybe that'll be a way to set to segue into the match yeah. on Saturday. I do think. <laughs> I, I do think that uh, it's it's going to be – this is going to be the time when everyone's like, is what what's the plan for Duke? How do they figure out their, their five guys that they need to have out there? And how do they tell R.J. Barrett to pass the ball? Because <laughs> he has to pass the ball. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Cam Reddish has been their number two in the past two games, which has been a nice reprieve, it feels like. But I, you can just sort of see the writing on the wall with that team. And if they don't buy in on defense and they're not active on defense, then they look like a different team. So uh, I think you guys at home, them in that atmosphere going up against you guys after, you know, you already lost in Cameron and you're kind of, you're kind of trying to find your footing a little bit. What happened with Carolina for a couple of games after they got, you know, beat by Louisville and then they were just yeah. sort of trying to figure it out. Um, that's where you guys are a little bit after, the, after losing to Duke. And uh, I do think that Ty comes back. Uh, I think Kyle finds a shot. I think that you have the depth. I think Hunter is going to, Hunter needs to have one of those games where he has like 20 and nine or something like that, where yeah. we can all tell that he's the best player on the floor for your team. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe tell, maybe you go to Ty, Ty Jerome and RJ Barrett to those guys. Well, and RJ is a really extreme example, but you just kind of go to them sometimes and say, I need you to have a good night for us, but that doesn't mean you have to have a big night for us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. RJ definitely needs that. Someone needs to just tell RJ that like he can only shoot the ball once every three possessions. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Give if him a rule. Saturday. <laughs> let's take it. Let's tone it down a notch. Saturday, RJ. It seemed uh, like that game in Cameron. The you know Duke was getting whatever they wanted in the lane, and I I just remember thinking back to it and going, God, we can't stop them in the paint. You know, both those guys. That's why they're going to be lottery picks. We're hanging in there, and you look back at the box score. You know, UVA shot terribly from outside so even in an average yep. game you think wow you, you know virginia may have actually won that game on an average night for their shooting which seems wrong like the eye test or whatnot watching yeah. it i didn't feel very confident in, in virginia pulling it out but they'll probably shoot better at home. i don't know if you know this tape but you got to make shots to win the game <laughs> and that uh, is very true that is a, <laughs> that is a maxim to live by when you play the game of basketball it is to make <laughs> shots and and to pray that these shots go in in timely manners when you need them to happen. Uh, yeah, you guys will have softer rims at home. Uh, I think yeah. you'll you'll play with the – I mean, it, it's hard to play in Cameron, and they tighten whatever rim that they're not shooting on as whenever they switch <laughs> over. So yeah, clearly. 
it, it, it's really it, it's tough to deal with. It's a hundred hundred and fifteen degrees in there at the least. I mean, it's set up to fail. So sometimes you can't really even judge your team by Cameron. I can't, Cameron indoors a fifteen point advantage. So it's you know you go in there, you shoot like that. That's sort of expected. They won the game as they expected to because again, like you said, Zion and RJ just can just slash and get by guys and get the lane in, especially. I mean, Zion, you know what he's going to do half the time. You're like, okay, he's yeah. going to bag me down. He's going to turn over his right shoulder right here, and he's going to throw a little hook shot. But what am I going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it's going to go in. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's almost deflating at times when you know you can't stop a guy. But that is sort of the uh, where we're at with Zion. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you guys will be intimidated at home going against them because, again, you guys are the cream of the crop of the ACC with Carolina, with Duke. So it's just uh, – it's a home game, so you guys, I think, like, you know, that's five points in your favor, and you play good defense, Ty comes back, uh, Hunter has a good game, and you basically just, yeah, if RJ's open, let him shoot it. You know, maybe just sag <laughs> off RJ like he's Rondo or something, you know, just be like, okay, you got it, pull it, and see where we're at, because uh, I, I think that Zion is, of course, like, you know, he's the main concern, but, yeah. you know, who knows if he can do it on his own. Uh, at UVA and in Charlottesville with everyone there kind of, you know, locked in and trying to get back to a, to a certain rhythm with how y'all play. And if you don't turn the ball over against Duke, you limit those transition points. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's a totally different game. Let's, let's see them in the half court, try to run sets against the back line and see if they're really a good team, you know? Yeah. It's that's what's funny. Well, now I'm like amped up. So you've like I'm ready to run through a wall. Like this is what is this what it's like to have a positive person on the podcast? <laughs> no, okay, but I mean like usually I'm the one that's like, no, here's why things can go well. Um, I look at the stats, and the thing that was craziest to me looking back at the game at Cameron is Virginia shot almost seventy percent from the paint or from two percent uh, from two point field goals. Um, those are the words I'm looking for. So if you take out the three point attempts. They were 69 – it was a nice 69% from the field. Um, nice. nice. Yeah. So nice. If you can get that kind of performance, like, that's huge, especially because Duke also has this, you know, round defense. Duke only had one block. Basically, Virginia was able to change things up on offense. They used Duke switching on every one through five, obviously, because Trey Jones – I can't believe – I can't believe they're switching everything. That is so – I mean, that that's when I lost faith in Coach K. As soon as I saw that the entire defense was switching on everything, I was like, my goodness. Like, is he going to coach anything this year, or is he just going to roll the balls out? I mean, if you got Zion, i say just roll it out, right? Because it was – and that's, yeah, that's where right. people want to talk about <laughs> Zion's dunk, which he didn't even dunk on Jay Huff. Jay Huff was trailing, and people were like, oh, Jay Huff's dead. And I was like, I don't understand. Um but, like, they switch it up until, like, DeAndre's on Jack White, and that's just not fair at that point. Like, and, and so that was encouraging to me, watching Virginia be able to do those things. Um, and they won't be able to switch one through five with Trey back out there. So how, what's the biggest impact you see, Tate, with Trey coming back? Like, why should I not worry that that's going to be, just like, the extra thing that helps Duke win by ten? Um, I think it's, I think Trey is to me, you know, they do the whole thing nowadays where it's like the, the best player, the most important player, yada, yada, yada. I think he's the most important player on their team. Uh, because again, he can talk on defense. Uh, somehow that, that, that is not, that's not something that doesn't, that doesn't translate these days. Uh, and according to coach K, I saw a report where he had, uh, he was very happy that, you know, Tyus was his brother. So he had taught him how to like communicate on defense and how to lead a team. So he was already ahead of schedule 
Um, so that's pretty much what Trey brings. He, he brings the fact that they don't have to switch everything because they have someone that is telling them, yo, we're going to want to, we're going to, you know, run this one, three, one real quick, or we're going to do whatever we're going to do. Um, and he's sort of their coach on the floor, yeah. which is a nice thing to have, especially in a hostile environment, because he can kind of like call him in a huddle and say, Hey, Jack White, you're 0 for 6 from 3. Stop shooting. You know what I mean? <laughs> or shoot more. <laughs> it, it, or, or, or take a shot. You know, we're yeah. going to give you the look. We think you can make it. Whatever so. it may be, he can do both of those things. And yeah. uh, that's, the only, that's the only problem. I worry about uh, Clark. Uh, if, 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 it's Kaihe, right? Kihei, yeah. Kaihe Clark. Yeah. Kihei? Okay. Kihei, yeah. Kihei Clark. Yeah, this is. I don't ever listen to the announcers, and even if they do know the names, I don't believe what they say anyway. So I always ask the story. So I appreciate you guys giving me that. Yeah. Uh, straight off 46 East Lawn, uh, Clark is going to have maybe problems with Trey because Trey can, you know, get in his grill a little bit, but he won't be starting if Ty's back. So right, right? I mean, yeah. we'll we'll have Ty on the floor, and Ty's a bigger kid. He's six four, so I don't think Ty will have a problem with Trey Jones. I mean, he may get a couple steals or. You know, get getting some passing lanes, but for the most part, I mean, if Ty's back, Ty's healthy, Jerome is burning, and uh, I can't wait. <laughs> Which do you we think? Should... Sorry, I was, do you think that what is more close to what Duke's three point shooting is, like the trash that we saw also at Cameron versus UVA, or like some of the stuff in the last couple games, like second half against Boston College, or is it somewhere in the middle? Like, wh- is this a good shooting team? Because I think they're kind of not, and I don't know what to make of that. I do not think that they are a good shooting team. I think that uh, they've had some games, like I've seen Reddish get hot. I mean, that Kentucky mm-hmm. game, I I have to almost remove myself from that game, just being in that building and see how wet everybody was. Like Zion was, you know, <laughs> hitting threes, like perfect rotation. Yeah. You know, looking like straight out of a clinic or something in that game. So, you know, you kind of almost have to take that game out because that was the most adrenaline, energy-filled, packed thing I've ever seen. And it was all Kentucky fans, so they were just, going crazy just blowing them out in front of all of their fans and they all got recruited by Kentucky also so there was just like some sort of weird cryptic moment in time that happened <laughs> I don't even understand it but past all that I don't think that they are a good shooting team I think that uh Jack White actually has to be relied on more than we think uh for them to do well from the three-point line yeah. so Laurier's never been that guy uh Reddish like I said Reddish can get hot but you know that is what it is I think the, the thing that you have to worry about with uh Duke and if you are Coach K is that RJ is content to pull up from three. RJ Barrett, in his mind, is Clay Thompson, James Harden, whoever he thinks he may be, because <laughs> he will pull. You know, he's not afraid yeah. to pull from from anywhere, especially not. You know, if they get a, re- I mean, he can get a long rebound and start the break by himself and pull up from three like he's Steph Curry. You know, that's where, and and he's got no leash. So that's the thing that if you know he gets in one of those games where he goes eight for thirty like he has before, you know, you're dealing with a real problem with this team because then they're shooting, you know, 32% from three of the team as opposed to yeah. 35 if maybe he doesn't take four threes that he shouldn't have taken. Um, so I think that almost can regress them more than than people really want to put stock into. And I think Zion is not as a great of a three-point shooter or he's not a great three-point shooter. I think he can hit open shots, um, but he's kind of back and forth on that. So uh, all in all, I don't even know who I would say is their best three-point shooter, but I guess it's Cam Reddish. But is it, is it AOC? So. 
O'Connell? Like, isn't that what he comes in to do? But he hasn't really. <laughs> I don't want to test fate and be I, like, he can't shoot it either. And then he comes out and makes like four for six or right. something. <laughs> yeah, that was true. That's a bit. That actually, that was a slight to O'Connell because O'Connell's probably percentage-wise their best three-point shooter. I will say that. And like his dad, Dave O'Connell, played at Duke and was a good basketball player. Didn't play for Coach K, so he's like a genuine Duke basketball player. <laughs> so uh, I can respect O'Connell. I don't. I got him all wrong. I thought his dad played for K. His dad didn't play for K. I changed my whole opinion on him. He he played point guard too a couple, uh, you know, in some in some spot minutes when Trey was out. So yeah, uh, he can he can come in and shoot threes and jack. But I mean, he can also go like five for six. And, like when Carolina plays Alex O'Connell, Alex O'Connell will go five for six from three and have fifteen points. <laughs> I just want I I want to go ahead and write that down. Jack White will go three for three. He'll have nine points. I mean, you know, Cam Reddish will have 28. Zion will have 35. Like, they'll, I mean, they're going to play out of their ass when they play in Cam Reddish. <laughs> is this the, Carolina, I was going to say, is this the home or the away game? <laughs> well, it's a good segue to, uh, to the Hoos against UNC. I would love to hear your thoughts how you think UNC matches up with Virginia. Yeah, so that game is uh, Monday night, Big Monday. We've got Virginia. Uh, Virginia goes Duke at home, and then they come down to Chapel Hill to take on the Tar Heels. Uh, Carolina is in this weird spot right now where I believe that most of the fan base has gotten to the point where we almost do believe in this team. (laughs) After the the Louisville game, I think if you talk to pretty much any Carolina fan at that point, they were just like, you know, it is what it is. The seniors and the freshmen don't mesh. You know, we don't we don't really have it figured out. I don't know what Roy's doing with the lineup. What the hell is the Garrison Brooks? You know, like you know that that was that was where they are at that state in time. And right now, it's uh, Nazir sort of found himself and who he is on the basketball court. Great rebounder, guy that gets in, can make plays, can be physical, can be big for them. Kobe White is, I mean. The, I don't know how he's not talked about every single day on ESPN, but yeah. I'm glad that he's not. We're gonna keep him. <laughs> we're gonna keep him to ourselves. You know, our little six five god who can just pull up and hit a three from anywhere and deserves to take every single shot on the floor. But uh, we also have Luke May on our team, so he's got to take 20 <laughs> shots uh, for us to be a happy team. Um, and Luke, Luke had a great game against NC State, which uh, I mean, that guy is just—he's got some, there's something in the water when he plays. Yeah, NC what State. happened? Like, did, um, they, did they like spite him? And <laughs> what happened is a great question. Like he just gets I don't know. He, when he plays NC State. <laughs> it's it's like a double double guarantee, and it's usually a ridiculous double double. Like I remember yeah. when uh, Bryce Johnson one time he had like 29 and 17, and I thought that was a crazy stat line. And then you just look at Luke May versus NC State, and that looks you know pretty. <laughs> Pretty pedestrian. And then the first time that he played against NC State, he played like eight minutes and he had like nine and 13. You know what I mean? Like it didn't make any sense. He read like something. He, his, 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 his per 40 in that game was like Will Chamberlain level. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it just, it makes no sense. He read something um, on Pride. Yeah. Some yeah. shitty subscriber. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like if Luke May went to NC State, he would be doing it to Carolina. You know, he'd be putting up 40 and 10 against Carolina. So uh, that was their mistake. They didn't go to Huntersville. They didn't recruit him. They didn't so get Luke him May as a walk-on. <laughs> they didn't get him as a preferred walk-on who had a yeah. full scholarship. But somehow it has been made up that he was a walk-on. But I do love – I love him. I love the idea of him as a walk-on. I do. I think it fits better because I sure as hell – don't want him to be representing the face of our program, but you know that's what that's what Kobe that's what Kobe White's for, and is there little and Leaky Black, who hopefully will be back healthy. That's that's actually one of the things against uh, Virginia. Some of the depth off the bench for Carolina, 
mm-hmm. going against, you know, Key and Huff and all those guys that are, you guys are rolling in uh, off the bench. And then, you know, with Salt, I mean, I don't – we don't – Carolina doesn't have a big guy to really match up with Salt, but I don't know if Carolina will play small or if Tony will try to, you know, use, use those guys to go big uh, and make Carolina have to play a Huffman – uh, Manly still out. Charlie Manly still out. So that's a, that'll be an interesting matchup gotcha. to see. You know what UVA does if they want to go big against Carolina and really slow it down and play an inside-out game. Because if they do that and uh, you know they make Carolina have to run sets on offense and throw the ball into Garrison Brooks, I mean we've seen what that leads to, and it's usually a disaster or sometimes a bailout foul. I've never seen Garrison Brooks sometimes get great. I mean he'll lose the ball four seconds before he turns around and the double like two shots. So I'm I'm hoping that maybe they get those calls in the Smith Center, but for the most part, uh, it'll be. I think it may be a long day for Carolina because you guys are so disciplined, and uh, you know we can get a you know as, as amazing as Kobe is, sometimes he can get a little out of control. Uh, Kenny Williams has been a turnover machine the past three or four games, but he's also been shooting better. So uh, you know you got to take the good with the bad a little bit there. Uh, Cam Johnson is you know I love he's Cam just Johnson. been. Am I allowed to say that? He's just been, I love him. Yeah, he's just been he's just been a nice guy who's just been hitting Jays. You know, he's just like <laughs> just doing what he's supposed to do. That's his job. Just a nice, sweet kid, and he's just wetting all the jumpers that he's getting, which is just nice. So and happy then, to not like be guess, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> he's just so happy not to be playing for Kevin Stall. I think he's he like threatening to kill him at practice. <laughs> yeah. no, he, he he misses the drive that it gave him to be such a better basketball player. <laughs> Kevin Stallings was such a jerk to him that he worked so hard and Please he worked so hard at school that he was able job. to leave. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he was able to get to Carolina, so that was beautiful. Uh, and I mean, it it is that weird spot where you know Brandon Robinson's going to play some minutes against UVA, and uh, that could lead to some problems. But you know, he's he's actually done some good things. He's, he's played pretty well. Uh, as late, I think he's like seven for twelve from three in the ACC, which is Ugh. you know better better than I would expect um, from him coming into the season. But you know, I, I like the second units are what I kind of look at in like Seventh Woods in Carolina, and that second unit when they're going up against UVA and Clark and those guys that roll roll in. I mean, it's sort of that that will be sort of the matchup because if you can stay disciplined with the pack line with those guys coming in against the Carolina second set, which is you know. Uh, anemic at best as, as far as who can score in, in that group. Um, I think that could, that could lead to, you know, UVA getting an eight, 10 point lead and then, you know, choking that game out. So, uh, and we've seen them do that before to Carolina. So I would not be shocked, especially uh, if they go in and lose to Duke at home, uh, that add even more ammo going into Chapel yeah. Is this the best Virginia team you think you've seen under Tony Bennett or would you put that 2015, 16 Brogdon Gill team ahead of them? Where, where does oh, this rank? Like, how, how do you think, like, you guys have talked about it. I know that you have faith in this team that you think they're good enough to be Final Four, all that stuff. We get real nervous talking about any of that now. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> but when you look at this team, because of the offensive efficiency, that's clearly the difference. Do you see enough, or where does this one stand under Bennett as, like, rankings-wise for you? I am uh... – I, I could understand how you guys feel about the talk about, you know, you being in the final fours after, after what happened last year and uh, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. I, I do think this team to me, I don't know why. I just feel like it's the most complete Virginia team I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, in the sense that I think that you do have a legit star. I think DeAndre Hunter is a star in a game. If you need someone to get a bucket, it's like, I don't know, maybe give it to that guy because he can do it. But then you also have 
Ty Jerome, who's that guard that you need in the tournament? That's sort of a fiery guy, plays hard defense, you know, can yeah. make a big emotional play, can kind of set the tone for your team. And then you have a legit guy who is a legit player in a legit league. And, you know, Kyle Guy, a guy who's done so many things, and he's already gone through. They've already seen the worst. The reason I believe in your team is because they've already seen the worst. What's worse yeah. than losing to a 16 seed? <laughs> I mean, nothing. nothing. That was the yeah. worst thing that could have happened. I mean, no, like, there, there's no – there's no – I mean – and every single time I watched Virginia play in the tournament, all it looked like was they were tight and they were worried about whatever that they were planning to do was not going to come to fruition. They were worried that yeah. the, that all the doubt around everything about their system not being able to work in the tournament would just cloud them over. And that, you know, I mean, they played an NBA player. Lyles is an NBA-level yeah. player, yeah. and he went off in that game. And you also didn't have DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. And yeah. – I think that's a I think that's a big miss not having him because I think <laughs> yeah. he's a really important player yeah. because he he sort of he almost it's almost like a mental advantage to have a guy that can play and do those things on your team because you know when you go up against UNBC they're they're saying well we can't beat that guy you know they have that guy we're not gonna beat that guy yeah. um, he's like, he was like the security blanket that they like all of a sudden didn't yeah. have as like that option exactly. for when like shit hits the fan whether it's defensively, like he's the guy that can get and stay with Lyles that they, they had, it was just such a perfect storm. I mean, we don't need to rehash all that. It was, but, but, it was, but to it answer was your like, question, I, yeah. I do think this is the best tournament team if everyone stays healthy right now. Cause I think Braxton Key is an important player. I think Huff's an important player. I think having Jack Salt is a nice piece to have in the tournament. I think it'll come back to help you in some sort of game where you have to go against a team with the bigs. So, yeah. um, it, I don't know if it's the best team because, like, Brogdon and, and – I mean, even Joe Harris – like, Joe Harris at UVA. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed those, like, later years of him. And congratulations to Joe Harris. Going to be in the all, in the three-point shoot. Right? Oh, yeah. so Charlotte. Exciting. I know. Joey Buckets. So excited. We got so, oh, we got so <laughs> many good players in that. We got the Curry brothers are in that, which, you know, yeah. some people in North Carolina, some people love, some people don't love. <laughs> and then you got Danny Green, who is the most beloved. North Carolina player, I would say, at least, uh, I mean, from, from where I, from my vantage point, Danny Green is just the perfect number four that everyone loved and has turned into a star in the league and could have been finals MVP had it not been for Ray Allen in 2013. People forget that. Uh, he, <laughs> no, broke, he, he set I'm the three point fan, record before. So <laughs> yeah. You know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was, that, that was, uh, I'm very excited to watch all that. Uh, and, and as, as far as good juju for Virginia, I think, these are good things that are happening because Brogdon's not going to get traded, knock on wood. Joe Harris is going to be in three-point contest. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. Hopefully you beat Duke on Saturday, and I think all good things for UBA. See, I'm going to keep it positive for you, Caroline. This, Ooh, this, is, my posi- this is my awesome. positive podcast for you. This is amazing. Hopefully this is not – I'm knocking on wood a million times yeah, because no, this, no. Is, this is never a good thing when you say good things. Yeah. But hopefully. Well, I think we do have a, a couple more things we wanted to get in about maybe the greater uh, landscape of, of the ACC or nationally. I do I actually have a listener question, a listener submitted question for you, Tate, is really just curious about your thoughts of the direction of the ACC in the next you know, five or, or even 10 years, you've got these Hall of Fame coaches who are going to retire at some point. Uh, they've got to, right? In, in Roy or <laughs> A or Bay. Coach, Coach K is actually 35 years old. Right. <laughs> they've just been cloning and replacing him. <laughs> yeah, he's a robot. <laughs> he's we, like Kenny from South Park. He just dies and then he <laughs> reborn. he's just reborn. 
Goes and, right back. You know, ben, Bennett is obviously still relatively young. He's you've almost got, 50. You've this got guys who've, who've got summer. some really good resumes as coaches, uh, you know, with Mac at Louisville. Um, people keep insisting that Keats is a good coach at NC State. I, I'll, I'll keep believing that, but I haven't seen any evidence for it. But anyway, I just – where do you – Kevin s- Keats is a winner. Uh, right? know. I, I know that's the line, but uh, anyway, uh, back to the you – know, <laughs> what, what does this potentially give us looking down the road at the ACC? I mean, is there – there's an obvious potential for changing of the guard. Or are they just going to reload with the next Hall of Famer at the Tobacco Road schools? I don't know what is going to happen in both of those situations. I think that they're very interesting. I think that one of them is going to be a legacy pick and one of them is going to be a university school legacy pick. And the one that's going to be a legacy pick is going to be who is Coach K of all of his little minions that he has, the coaching world. He's got, you know, the Deonte Dawkins, Wojo's, Chris Collins, Quinn Snyder's. Out of all the, you know, Capel's out. Capel left. Capel made his bed. Mm-hmm. He could have stayed there and tried to, you know, ply his way inside, but he didn't think that he had a chance uh, to, to get the job from K. so he took a good job in the ACC. I don't blame him. Anyways, and he's with Jason Capel, who played at Carolina. Good for Jason Capel. Got a nice job up there. K is going to pick one of those guys to come in, and it's going to be his choice. And I don't know if that's going to fly with the AD there who just happens to be Kevin White, who just happens to be the father of the coach of Florida, who is Mike White. And Mike White White is down there running a program at Florida that just looks like the guy is trying to put a bid in to get a, you know, big blue blood job, whether it be a, you know, UCLA or maybe a Kansas. And Bill Self, you know, who knows what may happen there because guess what? The NCAA is knocking and the FBI is knocking. (laughs) We'll see what happens. I mean, it's, who knows? I'm sure they'll get out. I'm sure it won't be a thing because, I mean, they don't have – the only thing that they have with Gasnola is Dennis Smith stuff. So, again, at NC State, talk about Kevin Keats. Well, what happens when the FBI and the NCAA come to town? We'll see what happens. It's all Adidas stuff. They can maybe throw it and blame it on Dawkins and all these other guys and all these other lower-level coaches. But who knows? That also has to play out. We know how that all works. So that's something to all keep an eye on. And then – so Duke is a legacy pick. K will make a pick. We'll see if Kevin White agrees with that or if Kevin White just goes nepotism, like, you know, as is tradition at possibly Duke, you know, he just says, I'm going to hire my son. Now he's the head coach. We're going to keep this thing going because we have the Duke brand. We don't even need Coach K. We'll put a statue up and we'll move on and things will keep going. (laughs) You know, that's a chance that that happens. And then in Carolina, I think, I think that Roy is, you know, I think I would give him, I would say he's in a two to four year window of what he wants to do for the rest of his career. And then from there, he had Hubert Davis, who came in from college game day, and a lot of people thought that Hubert would be groomed to be the guy, coach the JV team. Everything was sort of set up to give him the keys. From what I've heard, it's not going to be Hubert because Hubert doesn't want to be the head coach. Hubert wants to be a part of a, a group of former players that are all sort of just, you know, helmed together to basically sell what is the Carolina basketball family. Um, in, in an ideal world, apparently, and this is, all fodder there's a world in which Kenny the Jet Smith who is now you know has been talked about to be a head coach with the Knicks before with the Bucks at one time with the Warriors before yada 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 and he would come back KJ his son is on Carolina transferred from Pacific played for Damon Sotomayor there's gotcha. a world in which potentially Kenny Smith could come back when Roy wanted to step down being a top assistant for Roy's last year Roy steps down Kenny Smith takes over 
Hubert Davis, Kenny Smith are kind of the one, you know, Kenny would be the head coach. Hubert's his number one guy. Steve Robinson, possibly still on staff, you know, and, and, and Brad Frederick, sort of the guys that are all there. Keep to keep it in the group, uh-huh. Sean May. Um, and then just sort of, you know, keep it rolling. So I don't know how much of a changing of a guard it will be because at the end of the day, they're selling Chapel Hill tradition and Michael Jordan, and they're selling okay. Duke tradition and Coach K. And that still sells because they're still selling Bobby Knight in Indiana to Indiana. You know what I mean? Cause, <laughs> yeah. You know, as, as messed up as, as it is, I mean, in Kentucky, they're selling Adolph Rupp to kids in 2018. And you're like, don't let that kid Google. Don't let that kid Google him. He'll never go there. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know how much of a change in the guard, but I do say, like, I think that Virginia is already in that top tier. I think it's three teams. I think it's Duke, Carolina, Virginia. And in my heart of hearts, I would love for NC State or Wake Forest to be that fourth team. Mm-hmm. Um, Wake Forest is a ways away. Yeah. Um, and NC oh, State, I think, that, I think that they can get the talent there to compete. And all it takes is one kid to kind of yeah. – I mean, you saw what Julius Hodge did. I mean, Julius Hodge yeah. is no oh, big-time recruit. Him. He was a three-star yeah. guy, but he just came in and was like talking that shit pretty much <laughs> day one. And, yes. and Herb Sendak just let him – Julius Hodge. I just yeah, I mean Julius Hyde. Hey, he beat, he beat UConn and said, "I told y'all." I mean, yeah, there you go. Yeah, my see? Parents, okay, yeah, yeah. My parents went to state, so I've watched a lot okay. of state basketball. And my only memories you of Julius Hodge are him beating us in every single ACC tournament I watched. Yes, that for is at also least true. Fifteen years. Yeah, it was it was losing to Julius Hodge in Greensboro, but that was a standing that's... appointment Virginia had in the ACC tournament. Was losing to NC State. <laughs> They'd find a way to match up with NC State and lose in the ACC tournament. But it's so, it was so crazy too because I remember they would roll in the TVs to our classrooms because the games yep. were in Greensboro, yep, yep. so we would just watch the ACC tournament games like on these TVs, like on mute while you were supposed to be doing math yep. problems, and meanwhile everyone's just watching Julius Hodge like. <laughs> possibly hit somebody in the balls to make sure he got a rebound you know what I mean That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so when you look at like the overarching who are some teams that you trust for this year like going into postseason um and we don't have to like this isn't like okay put Virginia next we want to hear them but like just on the more some maybe some teams we haven't talked about and who are some that you don't trust right now that are like top, uh, just top 10 AP. top 25 now just in the net like overall like some some teams that are contenders that you're like, yeah, I think this team actually is a contender. And then there's others that people talk about <laughs> Michigan State where you're maybe not sure <laughs> whether or not they're actually the teams that people expect them to be in the postseason. Yeah, for me, I've, I think Tennessee is a, a team that I would not want to play in the tournament. I think they're a legitimate yeah. team. I think that them losing to Loyola last year and losing to Sister Mean, Sister Jean, I think that that is <laughs> – I think that's pretty much lit them up because they were just like, I can't believe we lost to these clowns. And uh, <laughs> not that they're clowns, but that's just like what I assumed that they said to each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> I had to catch myself there. I don't want to. I don't want to come the loyal, the bad. I don't want them coming after me. Like yeah, Chicago and they're, Mafia. they're a big listener um, base for us. So you can't well, that was <laughs> that was in my Admiral Schofield voice. That's what he said. <laughs> uh, but I do believe in Tennessee. Obviously, they're the number one team in the country. So that's not really going out there and saying anything too bold. <laughs> Uh, another team that I do believe in, Gonzaga. I think uh, yeah. I think the Zags are for real. Yeah. Uh, I, we saw. I think Hachimura is one of the most underrated players, and yeah. it's basically to me they're the same team that they had in 2017 that lost to Carolina in the championship game. Except for instead of Karnowski being their guy, Hachimura is their guy. 
So it's like Karnowski was the Sean May, but bigger and more of a liability. Um, and when they played Carolina and they put in Tony Bradley and even Kennedy Meeks made him look, you know, like a liability out there. So um, I think with Hachimura, I think with Brandon Clark, uh, and I think with Tilly, who kind of spreads the floor for them, like a Ryan Anderson type, I think that they're a legit team. Um, I think that they could really win the title. If I had to pick two teams that it's like I would I would put – I mean, I don't have a lot of money, but I would put, you know, a lot of stock in the fact that they will be in the <laughs> final four. I'm not going to say that they're going to win it, but I think Tennessee and Gonzaga are two teams that I would pretty much say is for sure they're in the mix to get up there. Um, a crazy one that is probably the most out there as far as uh, a team I like because I think that they can just – make a run sort of blindly, um, which is an interesting thing to say. But I really like this Virginia Tech team. And I know that you guys – I know you I guys don't want to hear that. But... Like, no, I just think it's interesting because, like, I don't know what to make of them from de- – like, they're either getting blown out or blowing people out. Like, there's literally no in-between for them. Like Yeah, and it's like the, ju- the Justin – Destroy by UNC, but then they, like, will destroy somebody. And you're like, I don't understand what's happening. And Justin Robinson obviously is a huge piece, but – Yeah, I just – I'm so confused. But I, I also like, – I like teams that in the tournament have basically had to go through something where – I mean, they went through a tough loss last year or the last couple of years, really. Um, and Buzz has that team – I don't know, they have his attention. Uh, I mean, even when they were losing that game, they hit a. Th- they ran a play to hit a three just so they could kind of lead down to single digits so that they could help themselves in the net. You know what I mean? Like unbelievable. They're playing like, like they're playing the long game and they're playing a smart game. And I think that they understand that they play in the ACC. And I think Buzz has almost told these guys like, look, we're we play in the we play in the best league. We play the best teams. But at the end of the day, when we get to the tournament, we're not gonna have to play those guys unless you know we make it deep in the deep in the thing anyway. anyway so yeah. use these games to to learn what you need to be doing and then uh he just he he has a new team basically and he keeps like they lost Chris Clark at the start of the year and then you know the Robinson injury that's been happening over time and like he's on the bench coaching almost at this point but they've still found a way to play together and I don't know Buzz to me is one of my favorite coaches. I love his whole little <laughs> shtick. I love that he has hair now. <laughs> I love that he, you know, only went to junior college. You know what I mean? He's a very, like, he's got the Roy Williams dad gum thing about him, but he knows yeah. a lot, and he doesn't want to lead on to what he knows. And uh, I don't know, the Virginia Tech team, and they're like 13, 11, something like that right now. Um, yeah. I think they're a sneaky team to watch out for. And also Texas Tech, which is, you know, probably another slap in the face to you guys. But I like any <laughs> team that has, you know, can can make you have to score 65 points to beat us. And they have Culver, and Culver can score points. So, it's like a Syracuse kind of thing where if you have Malachi Richardson. We'll yeah, I don't, I don't know if their system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see if the system works. I, 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 and I really, I really hope that you guys, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that the ACC outside of Duke, I hope that, you know, this is a good year for everyone. Everyone just plays hard and uh, everyone has a good time. Yeah. League of Duke's sports. their own thing. They're, they're above the ACC now. They're, they're yeah. just Duke the brand. No it's one Duke will the reality show. As hard as you try, no matter how many likable design Williamsons or I like Marvin Bagley, no matter how many of them you bring in, you're still not cool. You're still Duke. Like, stop. You're still yeah. Duke. You're not cool. Yeah. Oh, the kids. Marvin Bagley cool. and Harry Giles and Zion, all of them are cool, but they're all also <laughs> but, not Duke players, and exactly. we're, we all know that. So that's the good news. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, Tate, thanks again uh, for joining us. Uh, I think we've taken up plenty of your time, but I mean, it, we, we were so delighted to have you uh, return to the podcast and, and drop these uh, ACC knowledge bombs for our listeners. Uh, so we appreciate it. They're just bombs. I don't know if they're knowledge <laughs> bombs. But they're, we're, we're just here dropping ACC bombs. We'll see what happens. Uh, I appreciate you guys blips. having me on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minor blips. Yeah, these are blips. Uh, Coach there Taylor calling Good blips. recall. Uh, perfect. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's good, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys so much, and uh, I hope that UVA can figure it out because I'm pulling for you every single night other than February 11th. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, right, whatever, what, When do we play you guys? Sometime, sometime. February – February like 14th or something like that. It can't be Valentine's Day, right? I'm looking no, at, you looking at right. my roommate. You yeah, it, right. it yeah, it was the 11th. You're it right. Is, but, you got it. Yeah. Okay, great. See, look at it. Like, <laughs> blindly, blind faith. Crushing it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, dear listeners, uh, stay tuned to the blog as uh, we get closer to this Duke game and this UNC game coming up. But uh, we'll catch you next week. Go Hoos. iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. 1394 Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.